0: Hello, and thank you for joining us for Be Still, Finding Silence, a new series on the Salvation Army of Hot Springs podcast. Maybe you're listening to this and you're really tired. Maybe you're really worn out or overwhelmed. This series is really meant to provide you some peace and some ideas of ways that you can find rest and Sabbath in your daily life. So let us go ahead and look into our new four-week series in which we really look at the vital need to cultivate spiritual practices of solitude and silence in the midst of our always connected digital world. Jesus himself modeled the importance of withdrawing from the busyness of life for times of prayer and rest. By developing practices of withdrawing, entering a sacred place of prayer, resting, journaling, sharing meals with others, and even celebrating communion, we too can find physical, emotional, and mental rest and spiritual refreshing In God. Our texts for this uh, talk are going to be specifically from Luke chapter 3, chapter 4, a little bit in chapter 5, and also going all the way back to Genesis chapter 2. And so let us go ahead and start in Luke chapter 3. We're going to be looking at verses 16 through 22, and I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. It says this starting in Luke chapter 3, verse 16 John answered their questions by saying, I baptize you with water. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I am not even worthy to be his slave or untie the straps of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He is ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into the barn and burning the chaff with never-ending fire." John used many such warnings as he announced the good news to the people. John also publicly criticized Herod Antipas, the ruler of Galilee, for marrying Herodias, his brother's wife, and for many other wrongs he had done. So Herod put John in prison, adding to this uh, sins um, many others. And that's kind of where we see the end of our story in Luke uh, chapter 3. Go ahead and now jumping over to Luke chapter 4 verses 1 and 2, also out of the New Living Translation. It says this, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for forty days. And Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. And then Luke chapter 5, verse 16, also out of the New Living Translation, says this, But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. So in these verses, we see uh, topics of solitude of silence and also of withdrawal. Now, I really think the big idea that the scripture is trying to get across here is that Jesus always modeled a life of regularly withdrawing into places of silence and solitude for prayer and refreshment. And I think what we can use to apply to us today as, as disciples of Jesus as we're striving to be more like Christ, we need to follow him by entering into times of solitude and silence intentionally setting aside time to withdraw from our busy and our distracting world. And so now let's kind of dig into this a little bit. So in Luke chapter 3, verses 16, and also in 4, verses 1 and 2, we see this incredible model of rest within the life of Jesus. Immediately after his baptism, Jesus went straight into the desert from his baptism. And it says this in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. The word for desert here is an interesting one. It can mean uninhabited, deserted, remote, solitary, or even a lonely place. Jesus began his ministry with 40 days of solitude in a quiet, lonely place. And what I take away from that is this, Jesus did not end in a place of rest. He began from a place of rest and that actually can speak so much to us today. Again, rest is not something you do after you're already wore out from ministry. It's what you do before you begin. Really I think our perception in reading Luke might be this. It might be that being in solitude and silence made Jesus weak or a target for the devil to come and tempt him, as we see in Luke chapter 4, verses 1 and 3. But however, I think entering into the desert or the wilderness really was not a result in weakness, but rather... And strength. God's Spirit led Jesus in 40 days of solitude and silence so that he could gain the strength needed to take on the devil's temptation. Notice as Jesus left the place of solitude, he returned into Galilee with a spirit of power. And I think also, too, entering into the desert or a solitary place was not just a one time act for Jesus, it happened over and over. In all four gospel accounts, it continues to emphasize Jesus' intentional and regular habit for entering into places of solitude and silence, to be with God, and to be strengthened. Luke 5.16, as we read earlier, tells us that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places, and he prayed. Jesus' relationship with his heavenly Father always took precedence over the work that he had before him. Because God was at the center of his life, Jesus was able to put aside things other than Uh, maybe things to maintain the priority of his relationship with God. That was always the first thing of spending time with his Father. As followers of Jesus, we too also need to regularly enter into places of silence and solitude to meet with God and to be strengthened for our ministry he has called us to do. In Mark 3, Jesus sends out the 12 to preach, to heal the sick, and to cast out demons. But there's something else that goes on here. Mark 6, 30-31 records what happens when they return back to Jesus. The apostles gather together around him and they report him all they had done and they had taught. Then because so many people were coming and going that they didn't even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Immediately following their amazing and their fruitful ministry trip, Jesus invites his disciples to enter into a place of solitude and silence. As you're hearing this, you're thinking, well, that sounds really great, but that's so hard. And it is. It is extremely challenging to experience silence in a world that's very loud, that's always on, always connected. But when we do experience silence, we normally attempt to fill the silence with noise and distraction, if we're being honest. Yet, silence allows us to pay greater attention to what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives and speaking to us. It is in the stillness and the quietness of our life that we often begin to develop a deeper and a truer sense of self-awareness. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this, he says, We are so afraid of silence that we chase ourselves from one event to the next in order not to have to spend a moment alone with ourselves, in order not to have a look at ourselves in the mirror and this can be rather true for many of us, the silence is scary. Being silent and alone with God allows him the opportunity to speak first and last to us. And so I'm encouraging you just to be try to begin practicing solitude and silence. Challenge yourself to take the next five days to set aside maybe 10 to 15 minutes a day to be alone with God in solitude and silence. With no other books than your Bible, no music, Nothing else to distract you. Just go and spend time with Him. So, as we come to the end of our talk today, I want to throw one more kind of picture uh, out there for us regarding rest, and it goes all the way back to the beginning in Genesis chapter two, verses one through three. And here we have this picture of uh, Creator God, who's created so many things. He's so proud of them, and we see that something happens here at the end of the creation story. He says, so the creation in the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. And so a few uh, reflection questions as we end our time is how do you find yourself responding to unwelcomed slow down in your life or quiet times, quiet moments. What thoughts and emotions do you experience? And what fears maybe are drawn up or are you aware of? Again, kind of back to our Dietrich Bonhoeffer quote, that we are often so afraid of silence that we chase ourselves from one event to the next in order not to have to look back and spend a moment alone with ourselves in order not to have to look at ourselves in the mirror. It's kind of what it's talking about here in that first reflection question. What do you experience and what are your thoughts? And what fears are you aware of? Maybe are the things you're thinking, do they scare you? And that way, unfortunately, you hop from thing to thing to thing, never really thinking about your life. Our second reflection question is, God's rest in Genesis 2 is all about filling a sacred space with his divine presence and celebrating the beauty and abundance Abundance of creation. The Sabbath uh, practices a way for humans to remember God's presence and His ideal purpose for creation. What are some of the simple things you can celebrate and be thankful for? And what are some things that you would like to share with someone else this week? And I think lastly, going back to the Luke scripture, in what ways can we model the rest and solitude of Jesus in our busy world? Um, I often call Sabbath holy leisure. Um, For me, it's not necessarily about, you know, sitting in a closet with only my Bible and, you know, kind of thinking about holy things and reading scripture. But it could very well be spending a day in creation on a mountain bike. It could be, um, you know, uh, I know I live in a national park and so we often walk around the national park and just look at creation. I know I really um, see so much in the creation story that I just I have to be out in it. I see myself a part of it. And maybe there's something else too that you really enjoy doing, like sitting on the dock and listening to the waves of the lake, um, you know, come in, or just sitting outside drinking a cup of coffee and listening to the wind. Um, I don't know what it might be for you, but some of those things can be rather helpful uh, to kind of, um, you know, put us in spaces to be able to hear God's presence. I know one of the things that really impacted me years ago was whenever I was a staff member uh, for the Salvation Army out in Fort Smith, Arkansas, we uh, would travel up to a Benedictine monastery, uh, kind of in the center part of the state uh, called Subiaco Academy. And I'll never forget that um, we went out there and they had kind of told us before we went out, they said, you're going to be in solitude and silence all day. And I remember thinking to myself, that doesn't sound like fun at all. That, that sounds like cruel and unusual punishment. How am I going to be alone with myself all day long? And so I kind of wandered um, the grounds at Subiaco Academy, and I kind of found this overlook that was overlooking some pasture land. And in it, there was a monk out on a tractor, and he was you know, bailing hay. And then kind of off in the distance as well to my right-hand side, there was a monk also keeping some bees around a bunch of Uh, supers and he had on the full bee suit and everything and honestly I just kind of sat there thinking gosh I don't know what I'm doing out here Um, although I did have my Bible with me and I'm just kind of sitting there and I'll never forget the bell chimed and I literally see all of these monks stop the work that they're doing and they pulled out scripture and they started reading it and they did so for about 15 minutes and then after about 15 minutes, the bell would chime again, and then they would literally put their Bible you know, back up, and they would go back to working. And I thought about this in my own life as I kind of observed this, and I thought, man, that's pretty incredible that they are so busy. There's so much to do in a day to take care of the monastery. But they stop, they pray, they read, and they go back to work. And as we had the opportunity to eat lunch with them, I asked them some of these questions about why did they do that. And one of them I'll never forget, he said, It helps me stay connected to God's presence throughout the day, so regardless if I'm riding on a tractor, regardless if I'm keeping bees, regardless if I'm mopping the floor or doing dishes, or whatever else it might be, I feel like I'm with him. His presence is with me. And I thought, in some cases it's a constant state of Sabbath. It's a constant state of renewal, of solitude, of silence. But I think that we can apply some of those concepts in our life that we might not necessarily have a bell chime every 15 minutes. Um, In some cases, some of us might not even have, you know, 15 minutes in a day to spare. But I will say, I think that we can take little moments, many Sabbaths, uh, many times of solitude and rest to just stop, reorient ourselves towards God, and see what he's asking us to do and how we can partner with him for the day. So again, one more time through our reflection questions is how do you find yourself responding to unwelcome slowdown in your life? What thoughts or emotions do you experience and what fears are you aware of? What are some simple things that you can celebrate and be grateful for this week? And who can you share this with? And lastly, in what ways can you model the rest and solitude of Jesus in your busy world? I hope that you've enjoyed our first talk of our Be Still series. We're going to keep looking at this for a few more weeks um, as we're looking to find silence in our very loud, busy world. I hope that you find this encouraging, and come back and join us next week as we continue into week two of Be Still. Take care, everyone.